Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's time for another edition of the Pelicans podcast. Gus Kattengill along with Jim Eichenhofer. We have a ton to get into today. We'll touch on, obviously, the Pels not ending the road trip like they would have liked but they're home for the next two and more importantly they are playing i don't know is it postseason basketball we'll kind of dive into it they are in the play in tournament we'll break it down what it means as well john DeShazer, you know him he's right next to grav tries to keep him from you know jumping into the stands and onto the court during the broadcast as he will break down not only what this in-season tournament means but also help perhaps, being on the way. We'll talk a little bit about that here as well as we welcome in Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, it is a very happy Wednesday considering the Pels last time on the court didn't get the win in Utah. Why is that? Yeah, uh, it was a really good night Tuesday. I mean, the they got the help they needed from Dallas Mavericks beating Houston. It was a little touch and go there for a while. It kind of went back and forth. Dallas started the game really well. Houston c- took control, but then the Mavericks ended up winning. So, Pelicans are in the in-season tournament quarterfinals, and they won Group B, so that's very good news. Yeah, so the reason why it all happened was because Dallas beat Houston, and the Pels did what they needed to do. The only game they lost in in-season tournament was against Houston, and the point differential was a point, right? It's different from Phoenix. If not, they may would have got the wild cards. The Suns right. did get the wild cards. Yeah, the, the point differential only would have mattered if the Pelicans didn't win their group. So fortunately it didn't come down to that, that we didn't have to say, man, that one point kept us out of the quarterfinals and the knockout stage. Um, but I mean, Pelicans were the only team that went three and one in their group. So really it didn't come down to luck. It didn't come out down to anything like that. They just had the best record in the group and it was much more simple than a lot of the other aspects of what happened last night. Listening to a lot of national people talk about how they thought the, the play in tournament thing went. Uh, everyone seems to think that they saw more competitive games. Did you kind of see that? It kind of looked like these teams really want to get. Uh, that little extra change in their pocket for the holidays. It, it did seem like there was more intensity, and whether that was the financial part of it, of the money that was at stake, I'm not sure. I mean, I think even if you didn't have any money aspect or any prize reward, that the players all know that they're all competing for something with the other 29 teams. So, I mean, I think it's only natural, maybe not across the board, maybe not every single player in the mm-hmm. league, but I think a lot of guys, I, I mean, we've heard this with – LeBron has mentioned it a few times with the Lakers like they really want to win it because it's something that you can win and and why would why wouldn't you want to do it if you're going against all these other teams hey add Zion Zion Williamson here from the Pelicans actually said the same thing too it's like we haven't won anything we haven't won any tournament we haven't won any trophy so kind of learning that process could be that next step we've been talking about that right of learning how to be a winning franchise a winning team this could be something for it yeah, I think anything that you can add to your resume. I know there's people that are going to say like, if you a team, whatever team wins the in season tournament championship, like, well, it's not a ring. Well, obviously, it's not a championship ring, sure. and it's not the Larry O'Brien Trophy, but it's definitely something that you can say, hey, this is something that 
Every team, the way they set it up was extremely fair. Every team had roughly an equal chance to win it and was given the same opportunity, and we were the team that came through and won it. So they'll play Sacramento Monday night at 9. If they win that game, they go to Vegas. Right, right. Yeah, you only have to win one quarterfinal game. I don't want to get too much into this, but it was amazing to me on Tuesday night how close the Pelicans were to actually hosting the game, which I think a lot of people would have loved to avoid um, the – the, they're going to end up kind of having a long road trip now because right. of the way that they end a back-to-back this weekend. But, um, but yeah, go to Sacramento, win that game, fly from California to Nevada, and, and if they win Monday, they'll play Thursday in the semifinals. Yeah, the Kings beat the Warriors by one. If Golden State would have won, it would have been Steph Curry and company here taking on the Pels in New Orleans, right? Actually, no, because Golden stunt. State needed to win. No, Golden State needed to win by at least twelve points. So basically, when it came down to the end, um, to win their group. So basically, it was at that point in the point differential aspect. This is going to get too complicated, but basically, when it was close at the end, the Pelicans knew they were going to play against Sacramento. It was just a matter of whether it was going to be here gotcha. or in California. All right. Well, e- either way, they're going to be playing basketball next week in an in-season tournament quarterfinal game. So mm-hmm. it is fun. It's different. We're all learning about it. But I think the fact that the league seems to like it, the players seem to like it. More importantly, as we mentioned, Zion and some of the Pelicans players, Jonas said the same thing. Yeah. They want this. And mm-hmm. I think this is going to excite them. So it should be fun. Jonas is definitely the biggest supporter of it. And I think it makes sense that he is because he's the one that's had the most experience playing in international competitions, in European leagues. And it it's from the sounds of it, I mean, it is pretty familiar to people that play over there. That this the point differ- differential thing and the in season tournaments and the smaller like uh, holiday s- tournaments and stuff like that. I mean, it's actually kind of familiar to people. I think it should be in the U.S. because if you play high school basketball, you know that there's always a Thanksgiving tournament, there's always a Christmas tournament. There might not be a point differential part of it, but I think everyone is used to, you know, there's four teams. At least this is the way it was in New York State. There's four teams that play a weekend tournament. You play a couple games. Whoever wins the two games wins the, the championship. So this is not something that's totally, like, out of the realm, I think, in basketball. Give the New Yorker throwing in that in there as well. I love that. Well, he goes by JD, but he could have an MD in in-season tournament knowledge. Mr. John DeShazer, color analyst for you New Orleans Pelicans here on the Pelicans Radio Network. Good morning, sir. How are you? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MD? No, Jim just hit me to, to a lot of it. But no, 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 it's great, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be in the in-season tournament for the Pelicans. Again, it's it's something to win. And, and look, I, I know with all due respect to Noah Lyles, the, the, the American track star, these are the best basketball players in the world this is the best league in the world and when you stick 
tournament onto something with these competitive athletes. These guys are going to compete. It doesn't help that the you know, it doesn't hurt that the the, the winnings are you know half a million dollars a player. But <laughs> you call it a tournament. Guys have pride and guys want to win and guys want to play. And outside of a couple of teams that went zero and four in the tournament, I think everybody kind of got into it. You know, I can't I I can't imagine the league wouldn't be wouldn't be just tickled pink over what uh, over what happened. I mentioned it to Jim just here in a second, but to hear Zion and Jonas and other players mention what you just said, essentially being able to compete for that. John, I guess we kind of do forget, even though we talk about it all the time, whether it's the podcast, my talk show, the broadcast, this team doesn't have a lot of minutes together with a lot of its players that we're going to need to see in the future. If you want to win a championship, if you want to get into the second or third round of the playoffs, this is kind of what you sort of need, right? I mean, you can only simulate so many things in practice and having to win a game, having to then try to win a championship, trying to do something with something on the line that does prepare you for when we get to April. Yeah. I think some of the end season tournament games had kind of a playoff feel to it. Yeah. This is what I love the most. Zion basically laid it out. Look, we ain't won nothing mm-hmm. and we got a chance to win something as a unit, as a, as a team, something to kind of, you know, build on. And, and I love the fact that he said that it's like, look, we, we hadn't done anything. We haven't proven anything. We hadn't won anything. And he wants to win something mm-hmm. to be able to say, Hey, we got this, and we can build off of that. So I, I love the way he said it. And Jim had a great point also that Jonas, you know, plays the international ball, and so he's got a better feel for this kind of tournament atmosphere. But I just love the fact that, that Zion laid it out. Look, man, we ain't won nothing, and we want to win something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've actually been, even back in like August when this was announced, I've been a huge proponent of the idea. So maybe I have a little bit of bias here. And, and we'll see how the games – I think a lot of people have said – Wait until the knockout round because for the for the fans and media who've been maybe a little bit tepid on the in season tournament pool play and some of the games already before in terms of not understanding exactly what's at stake. Um, I think the, obviously the next round it's very simple. You lose and you're out. You win and you move on. Um, but I mean, based on based on what you've seen so far, I mean, how much of how much of it do you think that affected the the uh, intensity or, or what we actually saw on the court. I mean, we saw the two games here that against Denver and Dallas, it seemed like there was a little bit of a different feel to the atmosphere. To I the absolutely games. think it jacked it up again. When, when you get the most competitive, the best players in the world and you, and you put them in something and you call it a tournament guys are competitive and naturally they want to win. Mm-hmm. They want the bragging rights. They want to be able to say, we won that. We, we beat you guys. We, you know what? We, we might not have been able to do X, Y, Z, but we did this. Mm-hmm. We were able to get you. And I thought it was a great atmosphere uh, for the tournament games here. Yeah. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know, you know, Luca didn't like the court, so we need to bring it out every time to play, play the Mavs. <laughs> the great court. Yeah. yeah. But, but man, I thought it was just such a heightened level of, of intensity and activity. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the Pills really rolled out and showed their best selves in those games. Uh, so, you know, I, I love it right now. I don't know how it will be five years from now, but this first year, the rollout, I think, went extremely well. I think the other thing, too, not to interrupt you, I think that that's, that stood out. They did a good job of, let, let's be honest, this is an entertainment business, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They did yeah. a good job of making it feel and look different. I think at first, like, man, look at those courts and you look around. But it's one of those things where if you're just flipping the channel, you're eating somewhere, you're like, that court does not look normal. And so it tells you visually without even knowing mm-hmm. there's something different about it. 
their jersey seemed to have really hit here with the Skullican logo. Mm-hmm. Fans love that so much. Uh, maybe we keep it around, you know? So people love that so much. So I think from a marketing standpoint, Jim and JD, I think the NBA did a good job of letting fans know it is different, it is unique, and come on board of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I we'd have to talk to some marketing professionals who have more knowledge in that area than than maybe I do, but... I don't know how you measure the amount of discussion just about the courts in terms of how much that brought awareness to your point, Gus. Um, People, they definitely did a good job. I mean, there might be some things that they can tweak for next year in terms of maybe the courts can be a little bit less, I don't know, gaudy maybe is the word for it. (laughs) But um, the, the idea, though, that they distinctly made these games set apart from the other regular season games I think was really smart. You, maybe people can quibble with the execution of it, and they sure. have. But um, I definitely can see that 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 idea just made so much sense because from the beginning, a lot of people were just like, "So wait, they're going to play Tuesdays and Fridays, but there's going to be other games before and after and in between that are normal regular season games." So how do we? So I think they did a really good job with that specifically. Um, you know, one of the things that you guys mentioned earlier was just the importance of of this specifically for the Pelicans and the idea that, you know, in the quarterfinal game, it is a do or die. It's a must win, you know, yeah. specific to the in season tournament, definitely not to the season overall in terms of the, you know, the Pelicans are nine and nine overall, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, one of the things I like too, about the way that they set up the in season tournament, um, for example, so Monday's game at Sacramento is on TNT. It's all of these games from this point forward are national TV. Good point. From a local standpoint, I want to get this in with you here, JD. Too is the the radio broadcast and Gus too. The radio broadcast for the Pelicans is going to be the only local broadcast because TV is the local TV broadcast teams aren't allowed to to carry this because you know TNT and ESPN have this. But the part I like about that though is you know there's teams across the league that and we've been in this category maybe not so much the last few years that complain like we should get more national tv exposure we should get more attention the the part that i think is cool about the in-season tournament is that you every team had the ability to earn their way onto this national stage and so there's no like well this team is in a huge market so maybe they're not that good you know a lot of a lot of years like the knicks but we're going to put them on national tv because of the audience i think this part where you know, the Pelicans played their way onto TNT. Teams like the Pacers, I think, that um, a lot of people are interested in want to see. Um, I, I like that part of it. I, f- I feel like that's something that is, you know, something that I, w- I want to see. The I kind of feel like, too, um, I'm kind of in the back of my mind. I'm like, when is so when is the next uh, when does the next in-season tournament start? Is it yeah. in, in like December or maybe January or February? So. I just like the idea overall. I think it's been really good. I mean, JD, I'm pulling up ESPN's national, you know, page here, and there's a montage photo, right, or collage. There's LeBron in the middle, of course. There's Devin Booker and Zion Williamson going to dunk. So that, that's my point. Is kind of right there to, to Jim's point, I guess. Is you're seeing that. And here's the other thing. I think you can't. Uh, I guess take away this does count to the win loss record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're playing the Sacramento Kings that are a game up above you in the standings. They're currently six going into action on Wednesday evening. And I don't think they've forgotten the last two times you faced them. 129-93, 117-112. You've beaten them two straight times just very recently. So that adds a little, little, little 
little uh, little spice to the game. Yeah, not month. not just beat them. Now, it, one of them was a back to back when they ran them into the Mississippi River. I, I get that, <laughs> but they beat them. But they beat them consecutive games. Uh, they bludgeoned them in paint points. Is where mm. where, where it really happened. Like you know, 63 to 34 average in the two games. So the Pelicans have a distinct advantage when it comes to scoring in the paint. Now, is De'Aaron, you know, whew, is De'Aaron Fox going to play the same way as he played here? Yeah. Is he going to play that way in Sacramento? Probably not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but the Pelicans have a couple of elite defenders to run at him in Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels who can, you know, if not tire him out, at least give him something of a challenge to hopefully slow him down. And, again, you, you can't hide the fact that the Pelicans, they were at full strength, and the Pelicans beat the heck out of them in the paint, just wore them out. And so I don't think that's going to change no matter what Sacramento does, you know, unless they run JaVale McGee out there for 30 yeah. minutes, I guess. But I don't think that's going to change. So the Pelicans have something that I think they can really lock into and, and have a distinct advantage and take advantage of Sacramento on. And I think – they're kind of in a similar boat as New Orleans where they haven't had a lot of playoff success in recent years. I mean, they went 16, 17 years without even making it. They made it last year, got knocked out in the first round. But even though, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't beneficial towards the Pelicans in terms of we would obviously rather be hosting this game next week. But it was cool to see at the end of the game last night when, they, when Sacramento won, it did seem like a playoff yeah. atmosphere. It felt like a playoff win. I mean, they were part, obviously part of it is they beat Golden State, who they lost to in the playoffs. Big local rival, you know, an hour drive away. But um, it, it definitely felt like the intensity – and just the way that you would react to, you know, maybe a game one of a playoff series that you won, it was, it was, uh, it was quite a environment in that, at that game last night. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's one of the things that's going to be interesting to see there as well is those matchups. They play well at home again. I think this just adds to the whole playoff like mentality and style, right? And it's it kind of goes back. I know Zion played just one year at Duke and things of that nature, but. It is sort of NCAA tournament style, right? It's you win or in advance or you lose and go home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, again, playoff intensity. The second time they played the the Kings, uh, the finishing play basically with, you know, with the, the two-man game, Zion and, yeah. and B.I., mm-hmm. and he hands it mm-hmm. off to Brandon, and Brandon goes downhill and, you know, lays one in and, you know, whacks, you know, Sabonis across the face in the process, but who, who cares about that? But, you know, it was one of those atmosphere games where it was like, you know, you, you're kind of on the edge of your seat because it's like the Pelicans had a nice size lead, you know, the Kings dig back into it and, you know, it's back and forth down the stretch and you wonder if the Pelicans are going to make the game-winning kind of play and they come up with it. But, again, it, it was a high-intensity game. Uh, both teams competed extremely hard. It wasn't the back-to-back game where you have the – the built-in excuse of, well, we don't have our legs. Mm-hmm. No, Sacramento had its legs and all its people, and the Pelicans still were able to beat the Kings. So, you know, it was one of those where you like to see the ratcheted-up intensity. You like to see teams going at it. You like to see players going at it because, it, again, it means something to these guys, and now they're close to the finish line. You can smell a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't tell me you <laughs> yes. can't smell it when you're yeah. this close to it. Yeah. And so now things really ratchet up because you're thinking, you know what? Man, I don't care how much money you make, another half million don't hurt. No doubt. <laughs> and the staff, too. I think that's that's something yeah. to bring up, too. You know, the coaches could use a little, little extra side change yeah. there as well. Um, one of the things that I do think is going to be interesting, and again, the Pels do have three games before you actually get to the Sacramento play-in game, is the fact that C.J. McCollum, J.D., on his podcast, he's back. How big a difference is that going to be back to this lineup? Now, look, it's going to be a bit. He hadn't played in a while. 
I don't know about you, but it'd be a long time for me to recover from a collapsed lung, but I'm no C.J. McCollum. <laughs> but, again, you know, just in terms of just Sacramento, that's going to be different, right, having him on the court. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of injuries, you know, Larry, Larry Nance coming back from a cracked rib was something because I had a cracked rib, and I was like, he came back fast. <laughs> you know, elite athletes or right. something else. Uh, uh, but, yeah, having C.J. back, man, you hope, you hope it steadies the Pelicans down some down the stretch because it gives them another option. You know, you, you got Z, you got B.I., and now you add C.J. to the mix, a veteran shot maker, a veteran playmaker, a guy that you feel like might be able to calm the waters when it gets a little choppy down the stretch. Yeah. So that helps the, uh, the entire team. You know, you need that maturity aspect, a guy who's seen a lot and it doesn't phase him a lot. So having him back on the court, yeah, he's going to have to work his way back into it. He's not going to come back and, you know, be a 40% three-point shooter immediately, I don't think. But just having the presence back, and it puts everybody kind of a little bit closer back to where they're supposed to be in the rotation, as opposed to, you know, maybe this guy having to play, you know, 25 minutes instead of 18. You get CJ back, and everybody kind of slots in a little bit better. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you mentioned just his presence. Pelicans have had some games lately, especially on the road, where at the end of the night you look at the stat sheet and you're like, that 13, 15 turnovers, that's not bad. But six of them were in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. or six of them were in the in clutch time or in the most important possessions of the game. So I think as far as the execution down the stretch of close games, especially on the road, CJ is so huge in that category. And also um, I was very happy to see – that Trey Murphy was listed as doubtful, which means he's getting closer to returning as well. And let me list a couple quick stats. Pelicans are 25th in three-point makes and three-point attempts. They're 18th in three-point percentage, which is okay, middle of the pack percentage-wise. But, I mean, I think in terms of the makes and the volume, just having those two guys back is going to make such a huge difference. And hopefully the number of games where we look back at the game on Monday and Utah made 17 threes and the Pelicans made seven, um, those instances will be a lot less frequent where, you know, the other team just gets so many more points from beyond the three-point line. God, and think about that. That that They make 17, the Pills make seven, and lose by two. That's, yeah. that's significant because that tells you how, how I guess, well the Pelicans played despite not making threes. Mm-hmm. And you get Trey back. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Jordan Hawkins and, and Trey Murphy on the court, maybe together, but certainly in a rotation – now you've got guys who you can count on, and C.J. McCollum, got guys that you can count on to make that shot. And I can't wait to get those three guys and Matt Ryan. Whoever thought you'd say that? Right. And Matt Ryan back into the lineup, back <laughs> yeah. into the rotation. Because yeah. now you got guys who, depending on – it doesn't matter what rotation you use, you're going to have shooters, plural probably, mm-hmm. on the floor together to space things out which I can't imagine anybody's going to be happier than Zion Williamson to see that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you all of a sudden you've got guys who have to be accounted for on the perimeter. That's going to make this offense better, I think, because you space everything out. And at some point in time, gentlemen, we won't have back-to-backs every single weekend, and you'll have some time to practice, J.D. Mm-hmm. and Jim. Yep. You guys know the importance of that, especially with Willie Green. He talks about that so much because there is going to be an acclimation period. Like, as a fan, you're sitting there going, awesome, CJ's back. Trey's about to be back. We have more three-point shooting. The guys in B.I. and Zion are looking like they know what they're doing on the court together and getting a re- But now you got to throw that all back in together. But it does present this, I guess, thing that makes me feel really good, say, in a month or so. They're going to have a really deep bench. And it's going to be really hard, guys, for Willie Green to decide what those rotations are. But have we already seen, Jim, some instances where Coach Green 
has gone to different lineups and, and used it to where maybe you're not thinking that's the way it goes, but because of the different players and abilities that you have, mm-hmm. he can do different things. Have we seen something like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, some of it he's been, it's been by necessity of there's certain guys that aren't available and, you know, you're down to your options are a little bit limited. And like you mentioned, I mean, he's going to have to make some difficult decisions in terms of the rotation and minutes and roles, but I'm sure he's, just rubbing his hands together right now saying, just give me that chance to, to make those difficult decisions because those decisions, how, however tough they might be, are, are the, the, uh, the worst-case scenario of any of those decisions is, I think, a lot better now that you're getting closer to having everybody t- on the floor. It is a fantastic problem to have, a problem that this team has not had enough of mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons yep. because you get the available bodies, and not just available bodies, but guys who can play. So there's going to come a time where – Say the Pels are in a, in a playoff stretch, a playoff run, and you know you shorten the rotation. Well, who do you shorten out of the rotation? <laughs> because you've got some quality guys who at any time have helped this team and probably could help the team down the stretch. But you get to a point where you trust your you know your seven eight man rotation, and so now you kind of start weeding people off of it. So it's a, it's a great problem to have. You know, I, I can't wait to see because, as Gus mentioned, you do need practice. you got to get those guys on the floor, and you've got to kind of get a feel for what's, you know, what's favored by players, you know, where a guy's comfortable. Uh, they have not played together a lot. It looks great on paper, but ain't nobody never won a game on paper. you got to mm-hmm. get out on the floor, and you got to make the thing work, and you got to get a feel for one another, and the chemistry's got to be there, and you develop that in practice. You guys are going to understand during the podcast now that I'm a part of it. Uh, I'm going to have theories, goosey theories here, right? So one, of, two of my Gus theories on that could be side effects of all of this. I think that there's positives. One, you covered a guy with the Saints and Drew Brees that always loved to use the phrase iron, iron, you know, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel, what have you. I think you may have some competition, right? These guys like to play. Jordan Hawkins is used to seeing minutes. Tyson Daniels is used to seeing minutes. Najee's been seeing minutes. Jose's seeing minutes. Well, you're adding two more players to that, so there aren't a lot of minutes to go around. I do think that's going to help because, as you just brought up, J.D., I want to play in the playoffs. Well, coach is going to go with who's playing well at that point going into the playoffs. So competition when they're on the court is not a bad thing because that means there shouldn't be, in theory, here's my theory, a drop in play. And also, when you have instances like this weekend where we've seen Zion not play on a back-to-back or somebody's nursing an injury, in theory, there shouldn't be that much of a drop-off because if one of your starters isn't playing, you're essentially playing a guy that's been starting or really wants to play. Yeah, you hope, you hope there isn't a drop-off. Now, And, and look, I, I say that. I say you're showing your rotation. There's no law that says you have to. You right. don't have to, especially when you've got 10 quality guys and I mean, guys who have earned the right to at least have the opportunity to play. So there's no law that says you have to. It's just kind of the traditional thing to do. But, I mean, these guys have shown out there in flashes, you get them out there enough. And, again, they've got to figure it out here because you're adding two new pieces. Trey hadn't played the entire season yet, and CJ's missed a good chunk of it. So now you put them back out there and you got to get a feel for where they are not just physically because they got to get back into NBA basketball shape you know maybe not James Harden shape but they got to get back into shape and they also <laughs> have to kind of figure out you know okay you know how does this offense run now 
that it's had some tweaks to it with with James Borrego. And so mm-hmm. now how does Trey fit here or how does CJ fit there? And, you know, we're going to play this combination. Well, this combination doesn't work so well together. We're going to try that combination. So you got to figure all those things out. I can't wait to see, you know, we mentioned Hawkins, Ryan, McCollum, Murphy. I can't wait to see them, the Pelicans and Willie Green and the staff to have the ability to always have maybe two of those guys out on the court. There's so many different combinations and yeah. configurations you can come up with to surround Zion and BI with shooters. Um, it's going to be great. I mean, they've they've had there was a, this recent stretch. Three of those four guys I mentioned have all been out. So you've, you're you're right. in terms of guys that you look at as premier shooters. You basically have Jordan Hawkins, and then obviously he's not going to play 48 minutes. So some parts of the game you don't have anyone out there that is really you know a team a, a player that the other team looks at is like we have to stay attached to this guy we have to make sure he doesn't get open looks so it's going to be a lot of fun i think to have the ability to just have a bunch of guys out on the court heck let's put all four of them out there on the yeah. court with zion see, and, and I, i'm not worried about the defensive end i just want to see a bunch of threes <laughs> exactly and I, and i wonder you know because willie green has kind of staggered zion and, and bi mm-hmm. you know one has been on the court you know, kind of at all times. Mm-hmm. Well, if you got this kind of depth and this quality depth, do they have? Do you have to do that? And you know, again, it, it's just things that you can experiment with because you've got guys who who can play. Well, sir, uh, looking forward to your call tonight with Todd Graffinini. So just give us a quick tidbit here because the 76ers are pretty good. 12-5, and five, they beat the Lakers by 44 points on Monday. Joel Embiid's having a really good season, a 30-point triple-double, 11 boards, 11 assists. He's going to present a challenge tonight. He's huge. He kind of stirs the drink. But the guy who's really got it going, Tyrese Maxey. You know, he's increased his scoring every season since his rookie year. He's at 26 a game this season, and I think he's right at seven assists. He's the guy that kind of, when when James Harden decided he wanted out, the blossoming came from, to Tyrese Maskey. I, and I think that's one of the reasons Philly wasn't like just, you know, devastated that James Harden wanted out because they were like, okay, we got a guy that we feel like if we give him a little bit more freedom and give him a little bit more latitude, he can give you something. And I mean, he's been, he's had a 50 point game this season. I mean, he's, he's a talented player. So they got those two guys. Uh, Embiid, I don't know what you do with him because, you know, and he's getting almost 12 free throws a game. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of. I think you hope he gets into foul trouble. I think that's one of the things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, with with a guy like him, I don't don't know if you just, you know, I don't know if you double him. I don't know if you single him. I don't know what you do with him because, you know, if if you breathe on him hard, he's at the free throw line. So I'm not exactly sure how you handle him, but you've got to be able to try to slow down something, and they score in bunches. Now, do they defend great? Yeah. So you might have something be you know you might be able to score against them, but again he's he's a factor on the defensive end too. So you know it's going to be a really good test for the Pelicans. I think I'm I'm going to enjoy seeing it because I want to see exactly how they decide uh, to defend and beat. You know if Herb, Herb can't grow you know six inches and gain fifteen pounds, so you know it won't be Herb. <laughs> right. So we don't know exactly how you're going to do it. Hey, we just recently saw what the Pels were able to do with some of the top teams in the Western Conference. I'm interested to see how they do against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. John DeShazer, looking forward to the call tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Sounds good. All right, so, Jim, that means now it's time to talk about Western Conference Wednesday, and you like to look at a, a team or two, right, to kind of pay attention to? Yeah, I've been picking a team to watch all season. Um, basically, the the point of this is to try to find somebody that has kind of an interesting upcoming schedule. Um, my team to watch this week, and I can kind of tie this into the in-season tournament, 
is the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers have a pretty interesting schedule, even going into the in-season tournament. That's one of the reasons why I selected them. They're a little bit ahead of the Pelicans in the standings, and I think they're a team that right now it looks like they might be somebody that you're competing with in terms of the pecking order of the West. But they're at Detroit on Wednesday night. Then they have a back-to-back at OKC Thursday, which I think will be a really interesting, intriguing game, the way the Thunder have started. Mm -hmm. Saturday, the Lakers are hosting Houston in L.A., and then Tuesday they have their in-season tournament quarterfinal against Phoenix. They've already played the Suns twice, beat them both times. So Lakers are a team to keep your eye on over the next seven days. Um, I think, I mean, there's been so much discussion about the way that they've looked and how up and down they've been. And I think from our standpoint, we hope that they continue to be down. Again, it's always one of the things that make me feel better. I don't know. I don't know why. It just is what it is. But it's remarkable, right? That they didn't lose by forty-four yet. They do have ten wins. So going into the action tonight, we'll, we'll see what takes place. But it is something to keep an eye on because let's be honest, it is a team that I do think at the end of the day, come April, they're going to be in the mix, mm-hmm. one way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I mean, like the Pelicans, they were a play-in team last year. I mean, there's a bunch of games that could have gone either way, and then maybe the Pelicans finish ahead of them, and then the playoffs, who knows, outcome could have been totally different. Um, I know the guys on this team have joked a lot with a current member of the Pelicans, Matt Ryan, for the shot that he made for the Lakers last year, which turned out to be very pivotal. Pivotal. And by the way, did have you seen the handshake that Trey Murphy and Matt Ryan have? No, I don't. They have a, they have a handshake where they you know give each other five and then immediately go into – pretending that Trey Murphy is contesting Matt Ryan's three-point shot. Oh, wow. In a, in a callback to the what happened in the game in, la, in <laughs> November of last year. Trey hasn't forgot about it, has he? That's, I, I think that's yeah, hilarious, that's exactly though. exactly what it is. It kind of shows you his sense of humor, though, that he's cool about. Yeah. Like, Is he, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think he would have yeah. agreed to that if yeah. he wasn't, like, okay yeah. kind of joking yeah. about it. But I think he's uh, still... I, he's, or, yeah, he, that could be how it is, too. He's just kind of salty. No, One no. of these times, he's going to give him a little forearm when he does no. does the handshake with him. But That's yeah. awesome. That's good stuff. Jim, we want to wrap up with, obviously, something that... I think is incredibly unique and it just probably goes to add as to why the Pelicans are one of the best franchises in the NBA, right? Especially with how this organization feels about its fans. All they want to do is give you an opportunity to win $10,000. That's right, Gus. Um, yeah, the, the Pelicans are giving away a total of a million dollars up to a hundred fans. It's a sweepstakes. It's funny when they lost their first in-season tournament game to Houston, I was already kind of like, oh, man, this stinks because the promotion basically is that if the Pelicans win the whole thing, the the entire in-season tournament championship, those that's a million dollars in prize money that's going to be giving out, given out. Obviously, with the way they started, it wasn't looking good that they were going to be able to advance, sure. but they but they are now. So I'm going to have to go through the fine print, too, and see if there's anything in there about eligibility for podcast hosts. Yes. Um, I'm yeah. thinking it probably isn't going to be possible. But, no? You don't think but, there's any shot whatsoever? No, no, but I could, you know... If we could get a, even if we could get a little sprinkle of that ten thousand dollars that yeah. each of these a hundred people are going to be getting, we I mean, would be cool you, you with that. You could be James Hoffenberger, <laughs> and, and I will be, you know, Gustavus uh, with the most of us or something. Yeah, there you, you know, go. There you go. You know, I mean, I just change a vowel yeah. and a consonant here, but it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 definitely, uh, and and the Pelicans are the only team in the league that are doing this is to the best the of only my team. knowledge. Like not the yes. Lakers, the Celtics, no. you know, massive organizations that have I don't know multiple championships. And mm-hmm. you tell me a little little old small market New Orleans. That's right. It's incredible. Yeah, this this is a so this is a special thing. I mean, they 
Pelicans need to win three more games, but I mean, it's going to be a very good day for a lot of people in more ways than one if the Pelicans are able to win Monday at Sacramento, win Thursday in the semis, and then Saturday the championship game in Las Vegas. All right, let's see what happens. Look, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, even though the last time the Pels were on their courts, it didn't go the way they would like tonight. You got to play a really good team. Friday, Victor Wimbayama, all seven foot five of him. We'll talk about him on Friday, Saturday at Chicago, and then Monday. The in-season tournament game taking on Sacramento, the second half of a doubleheader on TNT. It's nationally televised. Once again, you keep saying that's a big thing for this team. It really is, and I'm looking forward to I, I would guess there, there might be some watch parties. There's going to be a lot of people that are paying close attention to that game. It's unfortunate that it's a 9 o'clock Central game, but there's not a whole lot we can do about time zones and sure. such. But um, I'm, I'm excited for Monday. Um, and also, like you said, I mean, this is a – big week for the Pelicans with the three games. We can't lose sight of the fact that they have important games against Philadelphia, San Antonio, and Chicago as well between now and Saturday. All right. Sounds good. Hey, be sure to follow Jim Eichenhofer over on X or Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer, pelicans.com as well as Jim puts up a ton of info and stats and things to get you ready for the game and even after a game as well. If you want to follow John at John DeShazer, it's the way to do so as well. He's your color analyst for your New Orleans Pelicans. You can follow me at GCAT underscore one seven and always pay attention when we give you the pregame, the halftime and the postgame over on the Pelicans radio network. As always, appreciate you for giving us some time and tuning us in right here on another edition of the Pelicans podcast. We'll see you on Friday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.